to the uh, LCC TTM show this Monday evening, and we're delighted, as always, to have Kevin Kelly and Damon Harvey with us to discuss all uh, the, what's going on in the world of GA. But most importantly, our special guest for tonight uh, is a man who has, uh, well, smaller stature, but big-hearted and certainly in terms of performances for both club and county, a man who needs very, very little introduction. Mark Bradley, Kelly Clark, of course, and Kappa, great to have you with us. Mark, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me, man. I suppose when we start off, it's uh, the holiday season is almost over, and uh, I have no doubt that being the uh, efficient athlete that you are, that you weighed yourself just before Christmas, and you weighed yourself just after the new year, and the total weight gain was zero. Uh, well, thankfully, I've uh, I've good genes, so I don't have to worry yet about what I eat. It's a matter of eat what I want and when I want. And of course, over Christmas, you sort of indulge, don't you? So I've done nothing but eat slash uh, a few glasses of slur. <laughs> well, I, I'm, <laughs> and the no, I've, I've good genes as well. I've good genes as well. But the problem is I'm not able to get into them now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm just I'm scared for when I do actually quit playing football because it has to hit sometime. So I'm just sort of biding my time for now. Well, I... Oh, well, I'm just delighted, you know, that Mark's here tonight uh, to make up the fourth member of this boy band. Uh, it's been a bad start to the year, but I have to say everybody in grey tonight, various different shades of grey tonight, just marking how depressed everybody is with this bloody shutdown and uh, lockdown once again. But I have to say, I'm glad Mark looked after himself over Christmas because, uh, you know, if, if he's going to fit in with us guys, he's, got, you know, he's going to have to get the haircut sorted, but the rest would look good. The rest of it looks good. But just when you mention that, Damien, worth mentioning that as we move into a new year, 2021, glad to see the back of 2020. It's been a tough, tough year for a lot of people, uh, particularly within the GA community. But once again, the GA community stood up when it was a matter or when it was asked and uh, put in some fantastic work all over the year. So let's hope 2020 is behind us. All the sadness, the gloom and the death and the illness that we that we saw is uh, hopefully it's behind us and we can look forward to what should be a good season ahead, all things being Equal. Kevin, Mark uh, mentioned there just uh, about uh, for being fortunate enough to uh, have good genes. And, and you only have to say, when you look at the, the condition of the likes of myself and, and county players now, I mean, my goodness, uh, you know, are you somewhat envious when you see just how, how uh, fit these young lads are? Uh, it's just a complete different level, isn't it? Oh, like gone it is. I know you wouldn't, you didn't take a drink, but gone it is when you put it a few pints maybe after training and and play the game a couple of days later. But uh, it's just at a different level. Like when you seen even uh, in the season, it's just finished there. Like the county teams that were playing, uh, you know, in basically winter time, and the fitness levels um, and you know obviously the work they've done, the preparation, it's just just completely different level. It is, it is professional and all, but. The setup and, and the uh, everything, the backroom teams, everything, everything's just done to the other, the last letter, and uh, it definitely is envious. You just be wondering, you know, um, how how things are even gonna go on from here. How they're gonna improve? You know, we'll, we'll be looking back in ten or fifteen years' time and saying, you know, God, football ten years ago was was uh, was played at a, at a slow pace. I doubt if we will, but who's to say? But um, it's, it's very hard to. And know how we can improve on what county teams, what the elite top county teams are doing at the minute. Their, their strength and conditioning, their, their um, just their, their, their physical 
uh, shape and everything and the way that, that you know they can play football their their movement and the the fitness levels just on a complete different level now from from what they were years ago I just mark I'm just thinking uh, when I look back or when we look back at, at, at games of a number of years ago even back in the noughties you know when Trump won their first all Ireland and when you look at the game and look at the teams and look at the way it was played do you notice much of a difference now when you when you in terms of preparation and in terms of of uh, match fitness and so on? Uh, well, I suppose I can see it within the club. It seems to be starting from a younger age, the sort of strength condition part of it. And like we have Cubs, when I was 16, 18, never really looked at a weight. Whereas now we have under 16s in the gym two, three nights a week and they're the size of some of the seniors. So I think it's just starting from a younger age. Um. I think sort of the noughties, the Armagh team sort of would have stood out to me in 02. Like they came about and they were really strong and looked physically imposing. But I think it might be sort of going away from that slightly again and heading towards speed and endurance and more so lower body. and uh, Not so much going away from upper body, but just really focusing on speed because that seems to be the thing that is winning games at the minute. Yeah, and Damien, as most of you think back and, and you look at the games that we watched over the years, I'm, I'm thinking back to, to some of those great games in, in, in Ulster between Trone and Armagh, between even Trone and Derry, that, that, the, the great game in, in, in Clonus when we were down a couple of players and so on. But when you look at, at the, uh, the pace of that game and you look at the pace of modern-day football, it's, uh, it's almost day and night in terms of difference. Yeah, and there's no doubt that the, uh, the whole tactics of the games have improved as well. Um, it's all about ball retention now. It used to be about getting the ball and lamping it as far as you could up the pitch, and hope, you know you had to be strong enough to go and win your own ball uh, after that. But now it's much more, you know, there's much more theory put into getting the right quality of ball and what sort of angle the ball is going to come in in terms of attack and so on. Um, but there's no doubt you mentioned about fitness and strength and conditioning and so on. And Mark, I think was it 2018 Toronto Ireland final. You were with them in 2018. Yes. The transition from the All Ireland final in 2018 to playing for Liverpool Hope the following year. What's the? Uh, how do? You, how did? How was that transition? Um, <laughs> I had to go and play in front of eighty thousand to going and playing in a, a council pitch that had barely a blade of grass on it. Um, was quite unique, but. Thoroughly enjoyable, and it was nice to sort of uh, get out of the county bubble. Um, that might sound a bit uh, hard for me to say, but just when you're growing up, you just think football, 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 and that's game first for an awful long time, and probably still does. But once you sort of get out of the bubble, you see that there is more to life, and it sort of gives you your appetite back as well that you really want to go at it and try to win. And all Ireland. What was the strength and conditioning program like in uh, Liverpool Hope with the, the boys that you ran you at that time, stage? Um, it, the actual setup was very, very impressive. They had a 4G pitch, massive gym, and you know that people over there were actually they helped me a lot through my time in Liverpool. Um, but you know, I mean, I was working that hard in school that I actually didn't have much time for any extracurricular, so. I had to put focus on my schoolwork for that year. 
Uh, but you seem to forget that we had Owen Mulligan in Liverpool, and he he was he was capable to keep us right about exactly the sort of uh, extra. <laughs> so we know you, would, you wouldn't take that as gospel either. What Muggsy was saying, <laughs> Kevin. I, I'm just thinking there. You know, strength and condition and all the rest of <clears> which, the, the speed of the game and the you know, the, well, all those things are important. Quality players still stand out, and uh, we 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 are fortunate in the minute that uh, we have a player like Mark who is strength and condition is a very very high quality player. Oh, that's it. No, look at the end of the day, Forrest Gump could run the anthem. All he could, I'm sure, he couldn't play Gaelic football. So, um, no, we're we're in a very fortunate position. And, and funny, it's just a, a down here. You know, that you know, Mark in, in 2018 was was probably one of our pivotal men in, in the full forward line in that All Ireland final or in that you know run to the final. But I'm just wondering, Mark, um, as a forward now and, and one of the top club forwards and county forwards uh, about Tyrone, um. You know, last year or 2019 when you weren't there, Gavin McShane sort of hit the headlines as, as as a full forward. And you know, we were just thinking you weren't there, you'd have been just perfect to fed off him. But it must be it must be something to look forward to in 2021 with hopefully the return of Gahal after his injury. Plus uh, obviously Conor McKenna back from Australia and the emergence of uh Dara Canavan and you know Skeet back in the pond, Lee Brennan. It just the forwards are all there, aren't they? Like, there's going to be serious competition in 2021. Absolutely, there is uh, no shortage of excellent footballers in Throne, let alone forwards. But that is just some of the names you're calling out there is frightening. Um, I'll be doing well to play alongside Cal with the names you're naming, but it's so exciting. Um, I suppose, um, the change also will bring a freshness to it. So they'll have their ideas how they want to maybe play the game. So it'll just be so interesting and fascinating to see how all those people click and the competition for places as well. Like at the end of the day, there's only six forwards that can play. So not all of those people will be playing. So it'll be intriguing to see just all those high quality forwards going at it too to try and get a spot, which will surely only bring out the best in all of us. Regardless, like, you know, for, for one reason or another, over the last three or four years, just all those players weren't available to throw. Like some obviously only coming through young lads and that there, but I definitely know from your point of view, I'm sure you're looking forward to, to, to seeing a forward line like that. And when you see, you know, the way Darren McCurry played last year too, it's just. It's um it's something really to, to look forward to, isn't it? Absolutely, there's no question about it. The the quality is there. But I'm just thinking, Mark, in terms of, of um well having the likes of, of Cal McShane, the likes of Skeet, the likes of Derek Cannon, the likes of uh Connor McKenna, uh, Lee Brennan, whoever it is that, that, that manages to get up uh, or to be part of that front six, it's gonna be brilliant to have, you know, at least two or three guys who are gonna be up the field all the time almost, as opposed to the likes of, of the situation that you found yourself in and 2018 again, just the way the team is set up and the way they played. But it must be very, very difficult and at times very frustrating to have to be the ball winner, the target man, the go-getter, the first line of defence. There's so many things that you had to do that made the job of being uh, the main forward far from easy. It does, and I suppose it's just the way football has gone. And I would say my sort of generation has seen both ends of the scale, sort of. When I was coming through, you would have had a lot more room and there wasn't so much the the blanket defence sort of systems in place. So 
um, you've just had to learn to be very patient and bide your time. But it's it's not easy, especially on a team like Dublin, who are so defensively sound. And it's I, I'm not the type of person that you're going to hit a high ball into, so you've you're sort of limited with options. But um, you still you still back yourself anyway that you can do the best you can do for the team. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting, obviously having the likes of Cahill and who is a man of massive stature in there to maybe a different option of a high ball. So it just gives you different options as well. Uh, well, can we, um, I suppose we were joking earlier about uh, not looking after ourselves over the holidays. But over the Christmas holidays, being a county footballer, you can't afford to take the foot, foot on the gas. I mean, there is a training programme laid out there or you follow your own training programme. Give us a, a brief sort of a resume of, of how you spent the, the, the Christmas period in terms of fitness work. Um. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell any lies. I haven't done much, so I've just been relaxing. But I know um, I have had a small injury, so that's just sort of the reason I haven't done anything. But I know club players, that lone county players, that if you don't do the work now, you're gonna be left behind um, come January, February. So if you don't do it now, you're playing a chasing game for the rest of the year. Because normally what happens will be those who play well at the start of the year have a good chance of maybe putting an idea in a manager's head of staying there. So if you don't do the work now, you will be left behind. And it'll be, you'll be found out because come the first June session, you know straight away who's been doing stuff over the winter and who hasn't. Uh, but, Damien, I was talking to Fergal there before Christmas and we were chatting about training about preparation and so on. And he made the point that back in our day, we went to training to get fit. Now young guys all come to training, flying fit, and they come to training to improve. Whereas, you know, when you see that's one major, major difference. No doubt about it. The way they, the, the way a senior player, a senior inter-county player, I'm sure many club players as well, this, the, the vast majority of the work's done before they hit the training field. And this, the training field's about systems of play and, um, I suppose, trying to win their position, trying to win their place and trying to impress uh, with a ball in the hand. Um, so you can see the work these boys have been doing over the last number of years and somebody has played at Mark's level and where he's at in terms of representing throwing in an All-Ireland final, you know, he left up, he's done the work in the past and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm interested sort of to find out a wee bit more of in terms of about, um, you know, he's worked under Peter Donnelly in the past. How much, of an, how big an influence would Peter Donnelly have, even on a squad uh, market, has done so much work already? Um, I'm massive, and it's obviously great to have him back, being a throw man and being there before um, with the expertise he brings. But I suppose most, like 80 90% of the squad will have done a good base work, I would imagine. So for Peter, it's about obviously working in the gym, getting you strong and robust so you're not picking up niggly injuries that you might have done if you didn't do it and just becoming really powerful on the field. Um, so it might not necessarily be long distance runs. It could be short short, st- short stuff that will just make you that a little bit quicker. Um, but I suppose you mightn't be doing it at home. You mightn't think about it. I suppose it's something I never thought about was... I just growing up thought you were that quick and you couldn't improve in that. So 
he'll be just trying to get those extra couple of meters out of us. Just more America at the minute, like we're living in uncertain times with, with the COVID and things like that. But um, it will be strange over the next, or a strange already if we're not facing into the McKenna Cup. And, you know, that's going to be strange. Uh, you know, the National League uh, due to start at the end of next month. Above all years, this year, you're going to have to hit the ground running because there really is no, uh, you know, you're not going to get those three or four games that Throne have always been accustomed to in the McKenna Cup. And the, the National League's just going to come very, very quick for, I suppose, for every team, but it's going to be even more important to hit the ground running this year. Uh, absolutely. Um, and I suppose with the times that we have, you can't play friendlies. Um, there's no McKenna Cup games. There's no there's no place to showcase your talent if you're trying to make a mark. Um, so I suppose that makes, a, or sorry, puts a better emphasis on training and going your hardest at training and not coming in and just dallying, dallying about. Um, it just means you have to show what you can do every night of training. But that's... In, ter- in terms of, of uh, training and so on, Mark, obviously... Uh, there's a change. I mean, Mickey's no longer there. Horse is no longer there. You're going to hear a new voice. It'll be a totally different system, a totally different setup in terms of the backroom staff and all the rest. Have you, as players, I'm sure you've met all the county players. You know, what's the general consensus? What's what's the the, the buzz that's happened between the, the, the among the county players in terms of looking ahead, looking forward, call it what you like to working with uh, these two guys, Fergal and Brian. Just extremely excited. Um, I suppose a lot quite a few of the panel have been involved with Fergal and Brian before with under 21s. Um, so we know what they're about. They're extremely professional, very organized, and they don't, they don't take any crap <laughs> either. So, um, which is always good. Um, and just a freshen up, you normally see it when someone comes in, it's a, a clean slate for a lot of players. Um, so you start out your stall from the start where you want to be. Um, but not just the two men. There's a great backroom team that are uh, being built as well. So a lot of expertise and knowledge around the game that are coming in. Have you had a chance to get a chat with them yet? Any of them? Uh, yeah, I've been in contact with a few of them. And in, ter- in terms of, uh, I suppose, if you say you played with them on, on the under-21s, it's amazing how many of that under-21 team, that under-21 panel, I'm just thinking, Kevin that team that was successful that night in, in Dublin, I mean, how many of those lads have actually, and you don't always get it, but I mean, there was quite a significant uh, percentage of that team that actually made it across and are now playing regular senior county football. Uh, there's no doubt. No one is, is big. Uh, the numbers are there, uh, nearly comparing to the uh, 2000, 2000, without putting any pressure on the, 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 the double winning on the 21 team and the minor team that was the basis for, for the three Sam Maguire's. There's so many um, players come through, but uh, that 2015 under 21 team was a very, very good team, very well coached and managed. And you know, you always think go back to that Ulster final win up in Celtic Park against uh, Donegal. Well, they had to really dig deep that night to, to get through, and and then to go and win, you know, to, to win an All Ireland final against, you know, probably went in well did go in as favourites against you know, somebody like Tipperary that had no real uh, recent tradition in, in terms of football, but. Uh, Tyrone dug out a result that night when they had to but it's like everything else it's, it's great to see 
you know, there were so many like Mark and Paddy Hampsey and other lads, Gavin McSean, that come through in the first couple of years. But it's great to see that, uh, other ones coming through now. Um, you know, when it's, there is big numbers there, and that has to count for something as well. You, you take in, you know, uh, even two years before that, the um, team was beating an All Ireland minor final. So there's a lot of there's a lot of um, experience there of lads that have all earned medals and lads that have played at all earned finals at different grades and I think it all augurs well for, for Tyrone in 2021 it just there's times when you uh, when the thing was normal and there was that many games every week you'd be thinking oh God, the McKenna Cup starting again but what would you not give for McKenna Cup match now um, just to go and see but, uh, but it is it's, it's really something as, as a supporter first and foremost no I just I can't wait to see, you know, how the new management uh, get on because there is a lot, as Mark said, and we are well aware, we're speaking to the lads one night, Big Joe and Collie Holmes and boys that got there. Serious, serious experience and, you know, triple all earned, you know, they've, they've all earned medals coming out of, falling out of their pockets and, you know, that can only be good. Uh, you know, there's going to be four or five there with a voice uh, and input and um, there are all of a different area of expertise and, I think it only can be good for Tyrone in the long run. Uh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Mark, um, you mentioned there uh, about an ugly injury. What is the situation? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you've actually suffered quite a bit off and on over the, the last couple of years with quite frustrating injuries, which have possibly hindered your impact both club level and at, at county. I am... Um... It's just, uh, I years ago had a small shoulder operation, so it's just sort of something similar to that. So it's just a little tidy up job, nothing major. Um, so just rehabbing now and hopefully we'll be back just in time for the season. All going well. But, but uh, you'd, be, you'd be right in saying that I haven't had a, a clean run. There's always seemed to be getting up a steam and then something happens, um, which there's nothing, not much I can do. Um, you just have to but, try and prehab best you can. But it must be frustrating. In the year just passed there, Mark, yeah. Sorry. I was saying, it must be extremely frustrating when you do get yourself in a good shape, injury-free, and you're going well, and then suddenly, bye. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, like, last year for the club um, <clears throat> is probably the best I have ever felt um, playing football just because of the work over lockdown and having that time and nearly training like a, the life of a professional athlete, just getting up and nothing else to do bar training. So you sort of train as much as you can just to get out of the house. Um, so it is frustrating, but there's very little you can do and anyone knows who plays sport. So there'll be more, more downs than ups. So you just sort of have to get on with it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, Mark. That, like the club season was condensed towards the end of last year, but like the games, we, or the games I seen, you're you're on top of your form. You're playing as well as you've ever played. Like against Gag Moore in the championship and against Tillich in the championship, you were very unlucky that night. Went to penalties and then you just won the league. You know, you're in the top of your game and, and like a worthy. You know, you, you've got another got another team top all star out of it and deservedly so. But you must have been very very happy with your form and it just. Um, I know it's sort of set in stone now, but would you have any preference if, if there is going to be a split season down the road, um, you know, as a set in stone, would you have any preference whether you know, county first or club first, or would it really matter? Um, I suppose we had a brief sort of introduction to that sort of setup with last year. You had the clean run with the club um, and then 
just isolated away from the county, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So I would be in favour of that because I suppose at times when you're with Tyrone, you're in and out of the club and you don't get a real run at it. You just appear in for club games and away you go again. There's no training with them until really the cha- the championship or the intercounty championships read up and then you get this train with the club. So I'm I would be in favour of the split season personally. And while you did come up short in that in that championship on penalties, like you, you did bounce back at the end of the day, uh, senior league titles in, in Tyrone aren't easy one to and they're not to be sniffed at. And uh, he's had to do it the hard way again, went to spot checks again. <laughs> um, they're definitely not easy to come by. And I, I remember always keep this in the back of my mind when Jeremy Carlin was coming of age and had won an All-Ireland, then won a club championship with Kelly Glaher. Um, He didn't win anything again for, I think it was 11 years, till he got another league title. And I suppose for him, he thought this was going to come around every year after 2003. So any any title you can get in thrown, you cherish it massively. In terms of the league, of course, the league success, uh, it would have been a credit also, Kevin mentioned your own All-Star Award there, Mark. But young Oren Grimes, uh, a lad who <laughs> we were just watching uh, in, in those games that he played, very good goalkeeper, but he's a fine sticker of a ball when it comes to taking penalties too. He is. He took, he took it very confidently, didn't he? Mm. I, don't think, I, I don't think I would even be trying top corner now in that sort of circumstances, <laughs> but he's just full of confidence and that's the only way you could describe him. Well, come here. We, we, we talked there, obviously, about the, the championship. Uh, a lot of talk around the country this year about the quality of the Toronto Championship. Uh, you played it, obviously. You watched matches. Is it as good, do you think, as they say it is? Well, from watching on the other games, absolutely. There was no other championship like it. None of the club games I watched on TV came close to the quality and how tight each game was. There was no match that was a blowout. Each game was either penalties. Um, if you're done again, definitely penalties and the rest were <laughs> a point or two within it. But it just shows like the quality. Um, you look at Dungannon, no one gave them a chance at the start of the year and I'm sure they had full belief in themselves and they're sitting with the O'Neill Cup. So I think that's the special thing about it as well is that every team in Throne thinks they can win it starting off. Yeah, you mentioned penalties there, and of course there are mixed views on it. I, I mean, Kelly Clark lost this year in the championship, but then on the other hand, uh, it worked for them for the the league final. Are you a fan of having penalties as the way to sort out? Uh, ill divided. I don't really have a conclusive decision or opinion on it. I would probably go with them. Just the fact that the game's over there, and then it's very hard to get up and go again for a replay um, and I like hitting penalties anyway so I would be in favour of it you mightn't think that from the league final right enough but <laughs> I do enjoy hitting them <laughs> I think Mark Kelly Glover actually uh, quite famously um, benefited from a replay uh, in the county final not that long ago um, mm-hmm. I know it was a Heck of a game between you guys and Cal Island in the first battle up in Healy Park, and then the next night the replay was a completely different affair altogether. 
it, it was. Um, and again, we were extremely lucky to even get the replay. It was sort of last last kick of the game. Um, Nathy Donnelly fisted it over to give us a second chance, but um, thank thank goodness for it because it was tough getting up after the year before. Funny when you mentioned um, that, Mark, about uh, how, how fortunate it was with one or two players. I think Kevin and I chatted with us on the night of the, the league final because Simon, Simon O'Neill, who missed the penalty in the championship uh, shootout, but it was Simon who got the key score that took it to penalties uh, or took it to extra time, I think. To, to, but it was nice to see a certain amount of luck going his way, I suppose. Would that be a fair comment? It was. And that's, if you know Simon, he is just full of magic is the only way I could describe it. He, he comes out with things no one else would try and it does not phase him. So it was nice to see him getting that over the bar. Uh, it certainly was. Listen, uh, as, as a player over the years, everybody knows, uh, um, and I suppose it's something that Damien and Kevin and I discussed as well. Uh, you're you're small by by st- in st- terms of stature. Uh, what 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 height? When you're writing down the program notes, is it five eight five nine or five ten? Uh, whatever they'll give me. <laughs> whatever. I'll take every. Or, or not, none, none of the none of the above. Of the above. <laughs> <laughs> take every inch you can get. Right, See, but, actually, looking at the program, they always seem to put on a few extra pounds as well. So they must be trying to get the the average weight up as well. <laughs> but in terms of height, is it what is it five six five seven? Uh, what are you giving me? We'll go five seven. Oh, I would go five six. <laughs> five se- five five seven. You round it up. I'll round it up five seven. There's strands there too, but you might be small. You know, things come in and and small good things come in small packages, as I say, but. That day up in Bally Buffet, uh, the conditions were really, um, really poor for for football. But uh, you come on, you hit two records of points. Is it is it a game that you you, you like to have played more in, Mark? Uh, different matches play out differently. Um, I suppose coming in, the game's a bit more open and there's that bit more space. And obviously, you're coming in a bit more fresh. So those things. Or playing to your advantage, but of course, every game you want to be playing from the start. Um, but just different circumstances don't allow that. That that was a, a tough game, a tough game in terms of of the defeat and in terms of the nature of it. Mark, um, Kevin and I have sitting watching it. There's a few wee bits and pieces that seemed to go awry, and and uh, just didn't go for Throne that day. But we still felt, or we both felt that. Had thrown got out of Bally Buffet that day that uh, an Austria Championship certainly was there for the run. I, th- I think everyone thought that. Um, whoever won that game had a really good chance of winning Ulster. And we, we had our chances and we felt um, that we should have won and we're extremely disappointed that we didn't. Um, but then if you look at the Championship, whoever was favourites probably didn't matter going by Calvin, etc. Like it was just a crazy championship. But of course we felt that if we had a got by them, we stood a good chance. Did you find it strange, Mark? That was, that was the first time in your in your county senior career that uh uh it was it was do or day championship football. You know, in the past her own over the years, you know, the, the so called backdoor, the qualifiers seems to seems to suit a team like Tyrone because they seem to uh get set up again or seem to embrace the, the, the qualifiers better than a lot of other counties but um, I suppose it was strange and in, in, in bygone years you know Perone lost in, in first round games in Bally Buffet before and, 
and finished up in all Ireland semi-finals and all Ireland finals. So it was strange in that in that um, respect, wasn't it? Uh, extremely strange, I suppose. Obviously, with the club championship, you're used to the straight knockouts and no chance saloon or last chance saloon football. But it was just extremely disappointing that you trained for so long just for essentially one game. Obviously, cementing your Division One status was vitally important as well. Um, but just to have one championship game, um, it's it's strange. It is, I suppose, when we've been. Going through the back door quite a few times in recent years. Well, just the thing there, Mark. With um, obviously you're not, you know, you're small in stature, but are you a fan of the uh, of the forward, Mark? Because it's something you know, it's it's not all about just lumping it in high on top of the full forward. It's, it's something that can be used with a player like yourself with, with lightning speed. If you get out in front on the right balls put into you, and of course. Uh, you can hit freeze, there's no bar in that respect. But would you be a fan of the forward, Mark? I'm all for it, Kevin. Absolutely. <laughs> like any advantage you can get, you're gonna take it. Um, if you had you Pat McGarry or someone like that on here, they might disagree that they're not in favour of it, obviously being a defender, but for a forward to get a free shot at goal, yeah, of, of course I'm in favour of it. But I, I, see, I can see the debate on it, obviously, um, that it's stopping and slowing up the game. But I think there is a lot more forward kicks and dangerous direct kicks going into the forward line too. So I can of, see the debate. It's sort of, um, it's hard to get the balance right too, you know, getting the ball into space when you're corner forward. You want, you want good ball into space and as you can go out and use your pace to beat a cornerback. But... Um, it's getting that balance right where well, to put the ball into, into space and, and leaving you your, your pace to beat the, the man or just put it into your chest. It's, it's getting that balance right, isn't it? It is. Um, and then you have to make the decision, do you take the mark or do you try to get something a bit more precious? But I would, I would hate to be a defender trying to mark someone because you want to dive in, obviously, and get the ball. But then you don't want to hold back either and let them get the ball. So... Before being a defender, there's a boy here in this show. What he was just to come in behind and just <laughs> you'd, have uh, you'd have got a mark, but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been a catch. You'd, you'd, have, couple, you'd have got a couple of marks maybe around the side of the head. <laughs> oh, I pick on the old boy. Listen, Mark, we we, we chatted there with Battle Buffet, and I know different people. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the day the throne played, it wasn't a particularly pleasant. Uh, well, otherwise, but I mean, the pitch itself caught up quite badly. In terms of, of the pitches that you play on across Ulster, you know, do you have a particular favourite and which one would you rate uh, or most highly? Um, ooh. Clonus is always up there on a good day. Um, the atmosphere, especially when it's full, is it's deadly. Um, in terms of quality, not being biased, but ours across the road is pretty good. Um, and Throw Park there's there's the thing now especially in Tyrone even there's very few bad pitches um, as long as it's good and hard an old wet pitch doesn't suit me too well it sort of takes away the speed advantage must get the sprinklers on for the league man you know Damien when you think of it uh, well, we've we pitches up and down the country and all across and I mean without uh Sighting snobby, there are one or two pitches in Division One which really and truly 
aren't aren't of the of the highest quality. Was that a fair comment? You see, this is coming from the man that you know. We're we're sort of outnumbered here slightly here at the night, Kevin. Um, you know, two Kelly Clower men talking about their field. There's no doubt Kelly Clower pitch one of the best fields probably in the country. Never mind the county. Um, do you get any trim at all on it? Or are you allowed to, you know, during the I tell you what, it's, it's come a long way. I, I remember playing on it, and, and uh, I think both teams needed points to stay up, and the water was laying on it. And James McCrory coming, chopping at your heels. <laughs> well, the interesting thing, Kevin, uh, just Mark, Mark wouldn't remember this, but and Mark Harden as well. Yeah, I, I remember us <laughs> playing big my steaming one day, and the river, the river that runs along the side of it. Obviously, now all that has been dealt with in terms of drainage systems. But back in the day, the river just flowed up. And, and swamped the pitch. And I, one particular match, we played uh, Brackenville. I think the first half lasted 20 minutes, the second half lasted 12, and the referee blew it up because uh, the only way out of it was by boat. <laughs> it really was that bad. But in fairness to Donald McGee and to the uh, the guys over there at, at uh, Balamon, they do a great awesome job. Facility. Yeah. But, but, and, but listen, again, so many of the clubs, Kevin, your own club, uh, Galby, they're absolutely fantastic. But Damien, the point I'm making is, like, like we've been in places like Chewham and, and, and Balbafate, and you sometimes wonder, could there not be more done to make those pitches top quality? No, I totally, I totally agree with you. And I'll go back to almost, I'll go back uh, 16, 17 years to 2004 when the failure was held in Tyrone. Uh, and the clubs that were coming up from around the, the country, you know, were very, very um, surprised at the level, at the standard of the facilities <clears throat> throughout the county. And the, more so the standard of the pitches as well, because, you know, you only have to jump in the car, as you say, head down to Galway and places like that there, and some of the pitches are just, you know, they're borderline playable on some days. Um, yeah, the county fields are probably in better shape than most, but even some of the county fields would be just an average club pitch in Tyrone, you know. So the standard of the pitches, I think there's a lot in that, because... Um, even the standard of the presentation of games and so on, like you, it's all very well watching the dubs float through Parnell Park and Croke Park and it all looks very well every Sunday, every time they're playing. But, you know, you head up to some of the, those provincial grounds in the, in the wet uh, days of, uh, of winter uh, and it's a different, different ball game altogether. Um, so, yeah, look, I think it's probably a lot the GA can do to improve facilities, but, you know, I think the clubs have to take a lead in it and definitely clubs of Toronto have taken a lead in it. Certainly have, and there's great pride in what, the, what they've done both on the field and again, Mark, in terms of the facilities around the pitches. Obviously, with changing has been closed at the minute and, and, and gyms and so on. But I was going to, you mentioned, again, go back to the thing you mentioned about strength and conditioning. I mean, a lot of, a lot of players I know actually have their own wee gyms at home. Do you have something like that or, or are you still dependent on an, an outdoor gym so, or a, a gym away from the house, so to speak? Um, we we have the garage, so I sort of make do with what I have there. Um, it's a bit like the Stone Age. Um, my father has a, it's, it's essentially a metal pole, and he stuck it in a bucket and filled it with concrete on both sides. So <laughs> that is the that's the bench that I'm having to make do with. All right, it, uh, it, it works. I, it does. I'm wondering, Mark, in fact, you're up up there, and is it Samaria's from where you're, you're in? Yes. I hope it isn't primary seven you're teaching, is it? Oh, I try to keep lower down the key stages. Once okay. you go up to P7, they're good idea. Well over five seven. 
you don't want those boys knocking running into you and knocking into you. But I'm, I'd be expecting from Roy to be coming good now with a, a couple of good teams in the next few years, given all the work that you're doing, I'm sure, with them. But all joking aside, it must be it must be good to be able to use your own experience and your own skill set to bring on another generation of players, even even in your own work. It's great. And there's some there will be a couple of titles coming out of Primroy in the next few years. Might necessarily do anything to do with me, but they have some great talent up there. And you talk about facilities, the 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 facilities they have built within the school, they have a 4G pitch, and then you only have to look down the road at their club and what they've built recently. Um but it is I just I wish I had more time. Um Maybe something to do once I retire, um, which might be too far away. But just within your own club, you don't get the time. Um, when you're training with Throne, you're out potentially five nights a week and with other commitments. So it's definitely something I'd love to do more of in the future and give back whatever knowledge I have. Yeah, but it is a very, very difficult because you've been pulled in so many ways. And we, we were joking about this before, but, you know, the, the National League, uh, a weekend, you know, when your whole weekend, you, you quit work on Friday and you hardly more than to unwind and you're heading off on a trip that's maybe taking you down to Galway for the weekend, down to Kerry for the weekend, maybe down to Roscommon or wherever. You know, you're not back with supporters. <laughs> you don't need to worry too much about that because it's uh, we, we just do it in the one day, Kevin. But it, it, it is it is very, very time consuming, Mark, and people would always appreciate that. It's, it's a massive, massive time commitment. Um, but obviously, you wouldn't do it if you don't enjoy it um, but you're talking as you say if you go down for an away game in Kerry that's that's your weekend gone there's many of the days Neil Morgan would have sat behind me and he was doing school work on the way down just to have it done for the week ahead so you sort of have to make time just as much as you can if you have bits and pieces to do Yeah you mentioned there that was a weekend away Muggsy was usually a week away I think Damien was that if I went to Kerry well, it probably wasn't schoolwork I had with Manami that he was studying <laughs> at the back of the bus or anything near it. Um, but uh, I'm very, I'm very impressed. The fact that Niamh Morgan uh, was taking schoolwork away with him, and uh, um, no doubt that's something you'll be looking at in the next few days. There, perched up there, ready to prepare all the lessons and uh, use all the IT technology and everything else that's, that's available to you, Mark. Uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to a lockdown. Um, <laughs> looking forward to lockdown, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, f- for any teachers out there, they know that it's far easier being in school um, instead of having to try and do it over technology. So absolutely not looking forward to another lockdown. Hopefully it doesn't mm-hmm. come in the next hour or two. Well, just you're keep... On, but, you're on, but we, um, you know... The county players and that there, Mark on the weekends away and that there, but I have to mention there, David. I see David Clark there this evening or this afternoon has retired from from Mayo. Hey, what a career there, Noel! Twenty years. I'm ready, um, yeah. I don't think. Uh, do you think Mark in the current the way the the fitness levels and stuff like that? You know, fair. Um, can you see anybody in the current climate playing twenty years for? County, like he, he finished. I don't know many All Ireland finals he played. I know he won eight Connacht championship medals and two national leagues and two All Stars. But twenty years as an inter county player, it's um, it's some achievement. It's um, unbelievable. Um, I don't think 
you'll see the likes of it again, getting 20 years at Andrew County. Um, Luxon has the right few years, but to get 20 years behind you is some going. I don't think that'll be repeated. And I'll get that, there, that, that there too. Graham Rayleigh as well has announced his retirement. Um, great forward for me as well. Yeah. Right. yeah. Would it be fair to say, Mark, it, I'm not saying it's slightly easier for goalkeepers, but goalkeepers being goalkeepers and the skill set that they require and that sort of personalised training programme they'll have to follow, um, it's easier for a, a longer career. Or a longer career with, with goalkeepers is probably, uh, there's more of a chance there than with a guy who's out playing middle of the field or full forward or corner forward or something like that. I suppose you could argue that. Um, mightn't be the same in a few years if the game keeps going the way it is. You see some of them out sweeping. Benny Gallen be up centre-half forward if he had the chance trying to score. Um, <laughs> but then corner forwards and midfielders, etc., don't come under the same scrutiny as goalkeepers do. Um, it's the same in soccer. Their, their mistakes are highlighted far more than any other. So I suppose the mental scrutiny they go under is maybe enough. Well, I think yeah. I think in terms of of um, you know putting their putting their lives to one side, I think you know David Clark's probably career, as Mark mentioned there earlier on, he's seen both sides, you know, different styles of football. Half his you know start of his career, different styles. I'm sure if David Clark was was or starting out now, Mayo would you know the pressure that's on and the the work that has to be done and uh, the weekends away and stuff like that. I don't think he would he would definitely wouldn't have twenty years there. Like. Interesting thing you mentioned just again about stages of play and all the rest. And it's, it's funny how goalkeepers, young goalkeepers, don't seem to have the same problem as older guys have in terms of coping with uh, a kick-out strategy. Because back in the day when I first started playing, I started playing as a goalkeeper. And the idea of a kick-out, and Damien Harvey can probably support me in this one, is you hit it as far down the field as you possibly could to get it away from defence. There was no target in the guy wing half forward. or uh, I mean, God forbid, but if you give the ball to the full back, Nine times out of ten, he was guaranteed to lose it because he wasn't used to receiving the that. So for David Clark to have had to adapt his game, Mark, you know, that, that, and how as Kevin says how it started twenty years ago, it's, it says a lot about his, his longevity, but also his commitment to the to the sport. So, so impressive, and the the pressure keepers are under at the minute. They would nearly need a training session themselves for one night. The the amount of work that goes into kickouts nowadays. Um, they're they're so complex, and some of the moves that are thought of, it's just it's incredible. So, just on fair that, play to him. Just on that, how important is it? Do you think to have a, a, a clear kickout strategy? As as you know, we joke as, as I say, I'm joking there and say hit it down the field as far as you can. But how important is it, particularly in the procession based game that we play now, to have a very very well thought out, carefully planned, and well organized uh, kickout strategy? Oh, vital um, possession nowadays is is crucial and it's really key if you don't have the ball you mightn't see it for depends who you're playing you mightn't see it for a couple of minutes which is a long time not to have the ball and to be chasing after it so it, it changes your whole game plan as well yeah. and I suppose for a, a, my point of view it's it's really disheartening when the opposition keeper keeps getting it away so for me, it's it's really difficult to try and win it back. So anyone who has a good strategy, normally they've a great platform to base their attack off. Tell me this, as we, well, I'm conscious again of time. Uh, a lot of talk, and I don't want uh, you to name any names, 
a lot of talk about new players coming onto the panel and all the rest. But it's great to see that one loyal, faithful man who's been there nearly 20 years, Mickey Moyne is back for another year. <laughs> I know, thank goodness. We, we couldn't do without him, we really couldn't. He is just, he's like a, a granddad, everyone at this stage. He's been there that long. He knows the place inside out. And you don't go get something out of his van if you don't ask him. So it's good to have that authority still there. Uh, Damien, I'm just thinking, uh, we've read some great books in the GA over the years. Uh, Mickey Moyna's life story will be interesting. Uh, uh, Mickey Moyna, I hope, has recorded half the stuff that's, that's going on. Um, and particularly, and I'm only thinking of the stuff that like Kianowin and Paul Donnelly and boys like that used to get up with him, to, with him about 20 years ago. Um, he's, bound to, he's bound to be a book in him somewhere. Um, Kevin Kelly's been raring to get going at him there, I'm sure. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think I'm semi-retired now. <laughs> that, that, that wouldn't surprise me. But listen, Mark, we've come to, to the end of the show. Look, just uh, before we finish off, um, obviously as a teacher, you're imparting knowledge all the time and, and, and so on. Um, words of wisdom, any, any, any famous quotes, any fa- favourite statements that you've heard from various managers or captains or people in changing rooms with the over the years that have stuck with you and is a mantra you might use? Uh, not anything that sticks out. Just something I would live by is you sort of make your own luck um, in that if you put in the hard work, normally you'll get lucky. As weird as that sounds, I've lived by that and it's worked. Um, when I haven't done the work, it hasn't worked. So I have a routine that I do before matches and if I do that normally, I'll not be too far away. Uh, well, let's hope you're not too far away this year. Listen, thanks for taking the time to talk to us tonight. Wish you a uh, happy new year and every success for 221, uh, both with the club and with the county. And hopefully, if things work out, we'll get the all star game played and uh, you get a chance to run out onto the field. Kelly Clahar is not. My goodness. And we'll get the all stars hopefully presented, Noel. So, of, of course, Kevin. Hopefully, yeah. 2021, Mark Soar, like an eagle, and go for it. <laughs> Thanks. Well, listen, folks, we're almost ready to wrap it up. Just let you know that next week, uh, our special guest will be Adrian Cush. And we look forward to talking to him. But uh, Mark Bradley tonight, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And Damien Kevin, we'll talk to you later in the week.